Thank you, guys. A great morning of singing already. I love hearing your voices in here. These low ceilings, it just fills the room. I was between Ralph and Steve this morning, and I think the three of us could form a trio, guys, and <laughs> go out on the road. And Kathy, you could be a doo-wop girl. You know, <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, though, it did bless me, and thank you for um, not only being here, not only standing here, but just really uh, pouring yourselves out in worship. That makes a difference when God's people sing, and singing is commanded in God's Word as a part of worship. It's not just something that we do, and we just, you know, decided that's going to be our, our tradition, but uh, it's something that God told us to do repeatedly and, and powerfully, and so I'm thankful for a church that's not afraid to do that. I'm thankful for men that aren't afraid to sing, you know. Um, I praise God for... Uh, for men who are here leading their families, setting examples for kids, grandkids. Some guys are here today uh, setting an example of what godly manhood looks like for, for some boy or some girl that does not have that in your life. Um, uh, you're here today, and just by virtue of the fact that you're standing and that you're opening your mouth in praise to one higher than you, listen. That, that's, goal, that, that's, that's of the Lord. And so, men, thank you for not being afraid to sing and for being here uh, and blessing us all. Trey read a verse today, Psalm 68. Love this psalm. Uh, talks about praising the Lord and praising the, the one who rides. You remember? Lift a song to him who rides through the desert. I love the, the, that phrase in that passage because where is it that God is riding there? Uh, where is it that he is deserving of praise? Where is it that he is worthy of a song to be lifted up? In the desert, right? It's not only in the places of oasis. It's not only the, always the places of lush growth. It's the places where we need, him bo- we need him most. God is not afraid to ride through those harsh places. Uh, and no place that you're walking through, no place that you will go through or have been through is too tough a climate for the Lord of hosts. And so uh, praise God for such a Savior this morning, such a faithful God. He's worthy of praise no matter where we find ourselves today. If you're a guest, we thank you for being with us today, and I welcome you this morning with a full heart. Uh, Our church loves you, and we truly are grateful for you choosing to worship with us today. Hope you felt right at home. We have a little gift for you uh, on that little um, table over there. Grab that on your way out. Uh, Also, you can find it at at our New Here tent on the front of the church. Uh, if you think about it, maybe fill out a card for us and drop that in the offering basket. You don't have to do that, but if you would, it would help us, and we're not going to take advantage of you and that information that you give us, okay? And so, uh, thanks for coming today. Real quick, let's turn to Daniel chapter 6, uh, if you will. We've been going through the life of Daniel in the Old Testament, a figure you're probably familiar with. Um, Daniel is about the faithfulness of God and really the example of the faithfulness of the man Daniel uh, living for the Lord despite crazy odds. Uh, And truly, uh, he needed a God who would ride through the desert because Daniel was taken captive at a very young age as a boy, maybe 15 years old, give or take. He was taken from his homeland Judah uh, in Jerusalem was where he lived. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army army surrounded that and took many people captive out of there, took the sacred vessels of the house of God back to Babylon, declaring victory 
uh, over the God of Israel and uh, took these boys back at age 15. And there they were in a foreign and a hostile land surrounded by pagan gods. And so Daniel was very familiar with being able to praise and being able to find the presence of the Lord, even in the midst of a desert time. And so we're going to look again today at Daniel's life in Daniel chapter 6. This is the very last passage of this sermon series. We see a famous text of Daniel in the lion's den, if you will. So let's look at this together, maybe with fresh eyes. And um, just uh, let me remind you of a few things before we go on. Um, King Darius is now on the throne. You remember Nebuchadnezzar had been on the throne through most of this book. Uh, then uh, last week we saw he had been uh, replaced by Belshazzar. And then now uh, Belshazzar has been killed because of his evil. And a man named Darius is on the throne, uh, no longer of the Babylonian Empire, but of the Medes and Persians. Babylon has been conquered, and so there he sits. Um, and so let's look in verse 1 together. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. And so this boy Daniel, now probably closer to 90 years old, uh, taken from a, a foreign enemy, is now going to be second only to the king in this place. Uh, over all the officials, the princes of the land, there will be 120 of them and three over them, and Daniel over them, reporting only to Darius, this mighty emperor. Amazing. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, now listen to this, then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. They were jealous, right? Why should he be our boss, right? Uh, he came from a foreign land. We, we were born here. Uh, we're not going to stand for this. Verse 6, then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king. They agreed together. They came to King Darius and said, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, capital G God, before his God as he had done previously. Note Daniel's faithfulness. He didn't do anything different. I mean, he could have closed the window, right? Uh, he could have done it at nighttime after everybody's in bed. He just kept doing what he had been doing. Daniel's strength is not in his momentous acts, 
but in a lifelong of faithfulness, consistency. He was doing it before. He continued doing it next. Let me see where I'm, I'm at here. When Daniel knew the document had been signed, then they came, verse 12, near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction? Listen to this. Can you imagine these guys? I mean, can't you hear they just saccharine, sweet voices? O, o king, live forever and all this. O, o king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions, the king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot what? Be revoked. Right? Okay, we're clear on it. It cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. The king respected Daniel. There was a relationship. There was a, a, a love, maybe even, between these two. He was distressed because of what he might have to do now. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. You figure he had lawyers in there and all kinds of people, books open. How can we undo this? Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, K-N-O-W, know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord's that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. It means he didn't watch any, he didn't binge Netflix, right, to get his mind off of it. No food, no football, no diversions were brought to him, um, and sleep fled from him. You've had sleep flee from you before. Verse 19, then at break of day, the king arose, I mean, as, at first light, he jumps up and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God. What a, what a title that is. I mean, when, I, it, it's better to be servant of the living God than to be the chief official in all that kingdom. To be over all the satraps and all the privilege and all the honor, second only to Darius, wouldn't you rather be a servant of the living God? O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you, who you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up, out of, taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones into pieces." Were these lions just full already? 
So why they didn't harm Daniel? No. Were they just they just had a big steak dinner and that's how he escaped that? No. How do we know that? Because before these others even reached the ground, they chomped them, right? I mean, that is, you hear people say this stuff all the time. Well, the burning bush was burning because there were sebaceous oils you know, that coated it, and it was a natural phenomenon. The Red Sea wasn't really parted. It was the Reed Sea. It was very shallow, and this time of year, a certain phenomenon. Daniel wasn't harmed by the lions because those lions were already fed that day. And No, the, the Lord did this. He sent his angel. These were hungry lions. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the, the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, he who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel, that's an interesting uh, title, don't you think? So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius, during the reign of Cyrus the Persian. In fact, Daniel had prospered in Judah. He had prospered under Nebuchadnezzar. He had prospered under those who followed Nebuchadnezzar. He prospered under Belshazzar. He prospered under Darius. Kingdoms have come. Kingdoms have gone. But listen, God's plan remained true. And praise God for his character. And we see today a final episode in Daniel's life that I think is meant uh, to encourage us, to encourage future generations of exiles that God can be trusted even when we walk that road, even when we walk in the desert, even when we feel far away from where we would rather be. God can be trusted. I think we see three proofs here of that. The first is this. There is a faithfulness that lasts. On display here is a faithfulness that lasts. Daniel is now near 90 years old. And look how his commitment is still on full display. I mean, you can see in the opening verses of this chapter, there was no ground for complaint or any fault. He was faithful. No error or fault was found in him. And here's what I love. I, I think there's such power in this statement. We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. There's one thing that Daniel's not going to compromise. There's one place that we might could trip up Daniel. It has to do with the law of his God because we know he's not going to change on that. He's not going to flex on that. If we could find some way we know his character is so true, he is so loyal to God, that there's the place that we can get him. Wouldn't you like to have that reputation? Wouldn't you like people to say of you, listen, if we're going to trip up old Matthew, if we're going to uh, trip up uh, Jeremiah, if we're going to trip up uh, this guy, this girl, listen, it's going to have to be the law of his God because he's so committed to, to what God says. He's so committed to who God is. I had a grandfather who died uh, young, but... In his 50s, probably, but he was the manager of a Shoney's. It was my mother's dad. He was the one that got me started on Krispy Kreme, uh, kind of like my little donut drug dealer, I guess. He, um, <laughs> he brought them to me, and I've never forgotten it and, and never broken that addiction. But, um, but he had his ways, like some of us do, and um, he loved um, 409, Formula 409. You know what that is? And we worked at Shoney's. 
he would use Formula 409 and he would spray things. He, he just believed in it, swore by it. He came to our house once and under the sink he found a bottle of what? Fantastic, right? <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, it's the other cleaner, right? The, the other brand of cleaner. Oh, he was so, he, he went to my mom and was like, what is this, you know? And uh, from then on, we only ever used Formula uh, 409. I mean, it, certain things he was not going to break his commitment to. And Daniel is this type of guy. He's not going to break his commitment. There's no way. They knew him so well, 90 years of this. They knew him so well that we can trip him up in this one area because of his steadfastness. Hey, praise God that they found that they were able to do that because he was faithful to God. There's a word here I want to say today for young men and ladies and for our older saints today too. Uh, there is a, a message and a lesson here for us. Daniel had done this for 90 years. And young people, I want you to know that if you want to have the power and the blessings of God in your life at age 84, then you need to start that at age 14. Start your obedience to God at age 14. If you want to have the power and the blessings of God late in life, in your family years, in your career years, then you start it now. If you're 14 or 11 years old and you belong to Jesus today, it is not a time to wait to get serious with him. You know the saying, and I, this is the saying that I think is dangerous, that this is a time to sow my wild oats. People say, I'm just young, I'm just in high school, or these are my college years, I'm supposed to experiment and kind of get this stuff out, and there'll be, there'll be time for this later. That's not the pattern we see in Daniel. That's not the pattern we see from Scripture. Friends, if you belong to Jesus, get real and get real right now. Start following him, young man. Start following him, young lady. And watch and see how the blessings of God multiply in your life so that you may, as a dad one day, uh, as a grandfather one day, as a retiree one day, be able to see the power of God rest upon your life. Be able to see the ripples of his blessings in the people and the places around you because you did not delay. For our older saints, there's a message here too. Uh, it's never too late to make a difference, amen? Your faithfulness does not have an expiration date. It's not a gallon of milk that we, we look at and sniff at and say, well, their time has come and gone. And there's an equally dangerous saying, as dangerous as sowing wild oats. And here's the saying that I think is so uh, just painful to hear sometimes. I've paid my dues, right? I've done my time. Listen, when I was younger, I served in that area of the church. When I was younger, I sang in that choir. When, 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 I, was, when I was in my prime, that was the time that I gave of myself. I've done all that. Been there, done that. I've paid my dues. That, there is no such a thing as that in God's word. And there ought not be such a thing in God's, in God's people. Daniel's 90 years old. And he had a lot of accolades to rest back on. Look what I've done. Look what God's done through me. Oh, it's time to rest. We don't have the privilege to do that. If you're a young man, young lady today, follow the Lord. Follow him. Uh, start now. Don't wait. If you're an older saint today, you know, don't you lay down, okay? You rise up. Be a part. Be faithful to God. Do what he's called you to do. The God we encounter is worthy at the moment of our salvation is worthy to the end. And he is deserving of a faithfulness that does not delay and does not die. Let's follow him that way. A faithfulness that lasts. But next, we see a trust 
that endures. A trust that endures. Verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in his upper room open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he had done previously. Daniel has an unbroken pattern of prayer here. And it shows us that he trusted in God above all else. I mean, Daniel knew the document had been signed, didn't he? That's there on purpose. He, it was not like he was surprised by this. He knew it, and he continued to worship God. Uh, he, trusted, he trusted that above all else. And you know what is most powerful to me in this text? His windows were open toward where? Toward Jerusalem. Do you know what the state of Jerusalem was by this time? Jerusalem had undergone three successive sieges by the Babylonians. The first one, they took Daniel and a few people out of there. The second one, they took a few more. And the third one, they destroyed the city. The temple of God was broken to pieces. And so Daniel, at 90 years old, in this moment, is bowing toward a place, is opening his prayers, petitions, and thanks toward a place that is destroyed. It is more a, a symbol of defeat than a promise. But Daniel still believes whom above all else? He believes God. He doesn't believe what he sees in Jerusalem. He doesn't believe those bro that broken down old temple. He doesn't believe the darkness and the discouragement of all that's taken place. God, in my whole lifetime, you still haven't delivered me out of here? Lord, I thought for sure I would see deliverance. I thought for sure you would bring things back around. We say that, don't I? I thought for sure there would be healing as we stand at the funeral. I thought for sure there would be vindication of the injustice that's happened to me in my marriage or at my job. God, I thought for sure that would happen. And we begin to think of God in terms of the darkness instead of in terms of the promise. Daniel never did that. He bowed toward Jerusalem every day knowing that God would do what he said he was going to do. God is a promise keeper. You know what it feels like to lose things like that. My elementary school in Eastridge, I wanted to take my kids by and see it the other day. and It's gone, you know, it's torn down. McBrien Elementary, home of the Mustangs. I mean, we'd go in every day, drive down the driveway, and uh, it said on the outside, McBrien Elementary, uh, but the L had fallen off of school. McBrien Elementary School. And uh, I remember as a kid thinking, you know, really, this is a place of education. You know, that the place I'm being educated has spelled school wrong on the outside of the building. That happens, but they left it that way for years, right? We drive in at McBride Elementary School. I remember that place. I remember the Glee Club rehearsals in there. I remember the school song. I won't sing it for you right now. Um, so hurrah for our school, McBride School. Anyway, um. I remember the water fountain where a girl named Amanda Turner first talked to me. It's a sacred monument uh, to, in, my, in my mind. But it's hard to look on things that, that you love, that those memories, and see them wiped away. That's just, that's just hard for us. And Daniel, in the hardship of that, never turned his face away from God. It's hard when someone is taken from us too soon. To turn our face to God and remember the promises in that, even in the desert. It's hard when our health is threatened. Are we able in the cancer to look toward Jerusalem and to say, God, you're a promise keeper no matter what? 
Are you able in that moment of depression, uh, of, of a failing body, to say, Lord, this does not tell the story. I believe in you. The Bible says, let God be found true, though every man a liar, no matter what anything else says, when our plans are shaken, are we willing to look toward Jerusalem, rather in this case, to look toward the cross, in the new covenant, to look toward the cross and say, God, my eyes are fixed there on you. Isaiah 54 says this, for the mountains may depart. Imagine the mountains departing. What does that even look like to happen? For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. Daniel believed that, and that's a reality today. I want you to know that God's promises, his presence, his power do not rise and fall on the waves of our circumstances, no matter what conditions around us may suggest. God is on his throne, and his character is unfailing. There is never a time when we can't trust God. That's what we see here in Daniel. That's the message that lasts out of Daniel, uh, a trust that endures. But lastly, we've got a power that prevails, a power that prevails. Verse 22 tells that God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me. I love the fact in this uh, section of Scripture that nobody can overturn the king's command. Did you get that out of what we read? They said it over and over. Oh, no, no, no. No one can overturn the command, you know. It cannot be reversed. It cannot be undone. It cannot be refuted. And we see that over so much so that, that the king himself labored to deliver Daniel and could find no loophole, no hole to do it. Uh, the whole thing was irreversible. The, the, the Medes and the Persians had a law that could not be revoked. The plan of these uh, evildoers was, was foolproof. It could not be revoked. King Darius had issued a decree and it could not be revoked. But guess what? God steps in and he finds a way to revoke it. Amen? There are all these powerful forces. Seamless. I mean, the, the, the thing is done. These guys are gleeful about what's going to happen. All the powers are dictating this cannot be undone. I want you to know they can, that, that God is able to do it. God's able to do what you think cannot be done. God's able to do what everybody says is impossible. God's able to vindicate what everybody says is finished with. I saw an article recently about a food delivery robot named, named Connie. There's a picture on the screen here. I'll move. This is a food delivery robot, and her name is Connie. She looks like a Connie, doesn't she? Uh, but um, this is in Los Angeles. At the scene of a shooting, in fact, uh, if, you look, if you could see right over here in the picture, uh, there's just tons of police gathered around. A big, big shooting had happened. Crime scene investigators doing all their forensics and, and everything. But Connie didn't care. Connie rode right. She had pizzas on board. And she rode right through this. And there's more pictures that I didn't bring, but she rode right through this across the road, right up in the middle of all those police, right at their crime scene where the shooting had happened. And she just sat there with her, with her pizzas, right? I mean, I mean, if you see those police cars, you know not to go there probably, right? And if you see that tape here, it's in English and Spanish. I mean, you figure out, don't go through that. You see the blood and the police all gathered over there and people wearing suit, you know, hazmat suits and crime scene technicians. We get the picture. You're not allowed to go there. 
But Connie just goes wherever she pleases, right? And I want you to know today, there's a truth about God somewhere in this illustration. That the <laughs> <coughs> all the signs, all the symbols can be against us. But God does as he pleases. That's what the Bible even says. The Lord sits in the heaven and does whatsoever he pleases. God does as he pleases. These were hungry lions. They knew what the outcome would be. But it wasn't so because God stepped in. God proves through Daniel that his power is unaltered even by all the other powers that are amassed against him. There is no power in heaven and on earth that can stop the plans of God. When God sets his will to a thing, there is no turning back. And I hope that is a strength to you today in exile. As we're exiles, really. Our homeland is not here. We're looking for uh, a future home. We're looking for a heavenly land whose maker and builder is God. As exiles, I want you to know that no matter what power seems to be on the throne, it is God who reigns, period, forever. So we praise God for that this morning, a power that prevails. Verse 28 um, says something interesting as, as the whole uh, display of Daniel's life concludes. It says this, so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I love that it says this Daniel, like we don't know who he is by now, right? It'd be like if I said this Ronald Reagan, right, or this Margaret Thatcher. Maybe I might need to say that with Margaret Thatcher, but this George Washington, right? If I say, hey, I'm going to quote something from George Washington today, I don't have to say which George Washington, Right, you get it. And, but, but at the end of this, it's an interesting way of, of putting it. So this Daniel, and you know what that means to me? It means that Daniel is not the main character here. He, he, he's second rate. As good as he is, he is second rate to the living God. Daniel was not uh, the, the, the main center of attention here. Our focus is to be on God and his faithfulness and what he has done and what he will do. You see, Daniel would not be the last one to be thrown into the darkness of the earth, to be covered over with the stone, to be left there for dead, and to be delivered alive at the break of dawn, would he? We see a picture here of the Lord Jesus in all of his glory. The promises, the character, the faithfulness of God, all of this that Daniel had sunk his roots into are brought to their fullness in the person of Jesus the Savior and so today, as, 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 as impressed as we are with Daniel, our eyes are meant to be drawn to God himself, the living God, and to his Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a deliverer, and his name is Jesus. And so if at all you've been impressed by Daniel's life, you've seen the goodness of God in the book of Daniel, if, if, if you've been drawn to that at all, and you want to find the heart of this unfailing God, and I want you to know, uh, if you want to find him forever, he can be found at the foot of the cross of Calvary. Jesus gave his life so that you could know this God, so that you could be a friend of the living God. If you need to come to him today, we're going to have a time in just a moment where you could respond. Maybe you need to respond for that first time and say, I want, I want to unite my life. I want, to become, I want to become a son or daughter of the king. You could come today. We'll walk with you through that. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Maybe today, you've just forgotten, though. You just say, it's been a while since I walked with God in this way, since I remembered his character. I have felt like he's failing me. 
I've been living as if he can't come through. I need to turn back to him. Wouldn't you do that today? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. Lord, I pray that you might move on someone's heart today. Maybe in their seat where they, where they are right now, or maybe they feel the need to come forward. To trust your power, to cling to your character, Lord. To want to live a faithful life again. To come to Christ for the first time. Would you do that this morning, Lord? Holy Spirit, would you speak and move and turn us toward you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and for trusting it to us today. I pray you have been glorified through it, and I pray that the reality of who you are will sink into our church family, that we'll step differently from here because of who you are and the reality that we have such a deliverer as you. God, even in the desert, even in the desert, that climate is not too harsh from you. Your uh, character is intact, Lord. Your faithfulness is true. Help us to know it and be blessed by it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see.